The Dental Download Podcast is your source for insight into dental school, conversations with dentists, specialists, and leaders in the industry. With new episodes every Monday morning, I'm your host, Haley Schultz. Let's get into this week's episode. Hello, everyone. This week's episode, we're going to be talking about D1 to now. And if you're new here, my name's Haley. I'm a third year dental student at Michigan. So we're comparing the progress of skills, knowledge, mindset, everything in between, between first year of dental school till now as a third year going into my final semester of third year. So it's going to be a solo episode. And then next week we will have another guest, which was a dental student out in Texas. But this week, let's get right into our discussion all about dental school. I know this is some of your favorite episodes, just hearing how my dental school works and my dental school experience. And if that is something that you enjoy, be sure to go onto the platform that you're listening on, Spotify. If you just click on the name of my podcast, it'll take you to the homepage. You can give me a little five-star rating. Same thing if you're on Apple Podcasts. I would really appreciate it. And without further ado, let's get into the episode. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. So I'm pulling up the presentation that I give to pre-dental clubs if they would like to host me. And I basically have all the different classes that we took every semester on there. So I'm pulling that up for that reason because I want to compare D1, D2, D3 very briefly. I have episodes if you haven't listened to them and you're interested in what kind of classes happen in dental school and how hard they are and all that. I have an episode recapping every single semester of dental school. So if you search Dental Download Podcast, D1 Summer, D1 Fall, D1 Winter, same for D2 and now for D3. You'll find that if you want more in-depth about how all the classes work. But in terms of classes and credits and their overall relevancy to dentistry, we're going to compare first year to third year. So starting off dental school, we ease in in June with 10 and a half credits. So we have a half summer semester term, whereas the second years and the third years are going May to August. The D1s join in late June to August. So it's super fast, but you don't have many hard classes. And that actually you do learn some foundational skills like dental head and neck anatomy is really useful now for third year when we're doing injections anesthesia there's certain anatomy that you're looking for when you're trying to do an inferior alveolar nerve block but that's mostly all you need to know and then i guess when you're doing palpations for your head and neck exam extra orally it's useful to know your head and neck anatomy and you also learn dental anatomy that summer which of course is important when you're doing restorations you want to know what kind of anatomy you're trying to have in a tooth and you also start to learn the basics of occlusion which is so important in clinic and i'll talk more about my understanding of that content back then to how it is now towards the end of the episode when we get into mindset so stay tuned and then d1 fall we went into 23.75 credits so basically 24 credits 
And it's not that now we have a lot less credits. I think we're still in like 20, but it's just the content is so different. We had a bunch of classes first year between fall and winter that were just kind of nonsense in a way. They're important information for having medical knowledge and maybe understanding the physiology behind bodily processes, but a very small amount of it actually applies to dental care itself. So some of those classes that I think are maybe not all that essential, histology, we had cell and molecular biology, infection and immunity, we had nervous system, musculoskeletal system, genetics, we're like the only school in the whole country that has to take genetics. We also had a class for cardiovascular, respiratory, and genital urinary. So all those different systems classes, even though we don't work with those systems as dentists, they kind of would circle back every section of those classes and say, well, this is the medication the patient might be taking or the implication that this systemic disease would have towards dentistry. Great, but why don't we take all those important things and make that a class instead of learning everything about the system that doesn't have to do with dentistry. But nevertheless, it's important information for all those systemic connections to dentistry. The class that I wish I spent more time learning and did better in are the different pharmacology classes that we took D1 year because now that I'm in clinic, I feel like I'm always looking up medications. And yes, you have access to the resources to look them up, but I wish I knew them better. However, something I'll talk about in future podcast episodes is the fact that once I'm studying for my dental boards exams, I know there's a lot of key pharmacology on there. So hopefully the fact that I can pass boards will give me more confidence that I know enough pharmacology to be safe at least. And then as I'm progressing through my career, the more I see things, the more things come up, the more it will become common knowledge in my brain. So basically all of D1 year, we had... 24 credits and then 25.5 so almost 26 credits and then d2 year we had 20 and 21 credits and then i think 21 again for the rest of d2 year and thankfully we were progressing into more dental related classes we had more perio we started to have our different diagnostic classes where you're looking at lesions and determining the etiology of them what's causing them what they could be differential diagnoses that's something we're still having now in third year i actually just took my final exam for that that can be kind of a sidebar that we'll get into now so i didn't even recap you all on how school and everything finished up this semester because that's going to be the episode in two weeks that'll be my d3 fall semester recap But a little spoiler is that I failed a midterm for my diagnostic sciences class, but I just got the news back for the final I took this morning, and I got 104% top score of everyone that took it. And I say everyone that took it because her grading scale was interesting. If you passed the midterm, you could be done with the class, which the midterm was like late November, so it wasn't really the middle of the semester, we had gone through all the content. So if you passed that first exam, you could be done for the semester and you could self-grade. So as long as you passed, you could get an A. And then for me, I had to take the final and do as well as I could. And then whatever my total points came out was my grade. But because I did so well on the final and I really put in the effort and met with her and figured out all of my misconceptions and really learned the material better, I ended up doing well on the final and it actually finished me with an A-. So really not so bad. 
that's a little sidebar, but this information is very important. So you start off with a diagnostic class related to radiographs, so interpreting x-rays, and then you get into looking at it clinically if you saw it in someone's mouth, and then you follow up on that again with another clinical class that we took this semester. So a lot of these classes, once you get through the systemic science type ones, build on each other. Like we had a biomaterials one, two, and three. You had behavioral science pretty much every semester, D1 through D2. You have perio every semester starting D1 fall up until now. We're still in perio. D2 years when you start taking ortho, endo, pediatrics, and we have a few levels of all of those classes as well. And that's been really enjoyable. And I think that will transition well into the next topic that I want to talk about because now we've kind of covered what's relevant, what's not, and how long it takes you to get into the relevant content as you're going through dental school. But next I want to talk about my mindset when it comes to D1 versus D3 year, the things I was worried about because there was a lot of imposter syndrome and stresses that I had during first year. Okay, next thing on the agenda, as I said, is the mindset of a first-year dental student versus third-year, and I'm generalizing, but I guess it is my mindset to be specific. So first year, I was just overcoming a lot of perceptions that I had about dental school. I tried to go into it with an open mind, but realistically, you're always going to have things you're expecting out of starting something new, and I was expecting that... I was going to come here and it would just be this, I don't know, like 180 of some sort from undergrad Haley and from undergrad life and everything was going to be different but in a good way and super challenging and I would find this like friends for life dental school family and I would just assimilate into this new being of a person basically and That simply did not happen. I think I have a whole episode about this, like expectations versus reality of dental school. I'm pretty sure that's a title, so you should look that one up too. I think I'm on episode like 150 at this point, so sorry if I get things confused, but there's a lot of good content out there that you can go back and listen to if you haven't listened to every single episode yet. But anyways, once I got going, I realized you're still the same person before and after dental school or before dental school and during dental school, actually, that you were, unless you want to change, nothing's going to change. And if you're happy with who you are as a person and you were successful in undergrad and you come into dental school with outside friends that you still have relationships with, you don't need to have this big 180 in dental school and you probably won't unless you're seeking that out and actively trying to change, which I wasn't. I knew how my study habits were that worked. I had a good support system and friends. I made some new friends along the way, of course, but I didn't lose my prior identity. And I kind of thought that I would just become this dental student Haley and it would be so different, but it's just naturally growing and growing up as a person is what I've done throughout dental school. Not so much changing because I'm a dental student, just changing because I'm growing up and maturing and experiencing more life. So that was one thing that was different, but as I was hinting in the first segment, that imposter syndrome. So a lot of times first year, another thing I was trying to overcome was that overwhelming feeling of, oh my goodness, 
how can I know all this information? They're feeding us so much content, so many things that could be going on with this human patient that I have because they are entire being. Again, their full systemic health is important here. I'm not only looking at a mouth or at a tooth. We're not just teeth doctors. We're doctors for a reason. We have to understand more than just how the tooth looks and what's going on with a tooth and a bone. There's so much more to it. And that was scary because I was like, how am I going to know all these medications? How am I going to know all these systemic conditions? How am I going to know all the contraindications? How am I going to know everything about a crown prep and about a cavity prep and the different materials that exist and the chemistry behind them and the biochemistry and all the different lesions to diagnose? It was absolutely overwhelming. But the thing I want to tell you if you are earlier in dental school, just to give you some comfort, is that at least in my program, in my experience, as I mentioned, we have a level one, a level two, a level three class, and they keep building and building and building. And yeah, you're getting more advanced, but they also keep talking about those introductory concepts that were overwhelming me first year all the time. And I'm happy to say that pretty much all of that stuff is basic knowledge to me now comes super easy I could explain it to someone I could teach a lot of the intro concepts myself and that's how you know that you truly understand something so just have faith in the system have faith in yourself and your ability to learn that there's a reason the program's four years is because you need that time to learn the material digest the material become competent and become able to pass your boards and to get into practice and be a competent provider it's gonna come You're not some freak student that's not going to pass and is going to fail out of dental school. If you've made it this far, you're going to do great in dental school. It's all part of the process. It's all part of the learning process. So just take a deep breath and know that it's all going to work out as long as you try your best every little bit and more information is going to stick every single time that they teach it to you. So I have two more things I want to talk about before we wrap up this episode. Of course, we can't leave out the fun part of dental school. No one likes all the lectures and tests, but the fun part is the hands-on skills. So comparing D1 to D3, SimLab, preclinic versus the real clinic. So the way we structure things at our school is interesting compared to other dental schools as I've gotten the opportunity to connect with dental students through this podcast. The way we learn each different skill is not the same as other programs, but I still felt prepared going into clinic. I was so ready to be done with the type ons and ready to move on to real patient scenarios. Not that I felt like I would do every single prep perfectly or know how to handle every situation, but I was done with the perfect anatomy, the perfect teeth, the perfect situation, not needing to isolate, not having problems with retraction and light and access. None of those things come up in lab and I was just over it I was ready to be challenged and I knew I could move on and I felt that way I think most people feel that way some people might be more nervous than others just kind of depending on their tendency as a person I was pretty excited of course nervous but I was excited and ready to go into clinic but starting off sim lab I struggled I'm sure everyone did to some extent but it wasn't the worst part of dental school for me fortunately I have more challenges in the academic side than I do in the clinical side. Generally speaking, I performed pretty well on most of my practicals. There was one I had to remediate, but it was before we had loops. So let's just say that we can blame it on not having loops, right? 
But now that I'm in clinic, it's kind of a reality check because there's still so many scenarios where I don't perform to the standard that I set for myself in that ideal sim lab situation. And I know that I'm a better clinician and I have better hand skills than sometimes what's put out in clinic or what I'm struggling with to get from the beginning to the end of the appointment. I might be struggling throughout and it might turn out okay in the end, but you're stressed and you can't get, like I said, angulations right or you're just not able to put your knowledge that you have in your head of how something is supposed to be into the tooth, into the prep for some reason. Sometimes they just don't work because we're new. So the thing that I find to be harder about clinic is all those things I mentioned, all the different scenarios of being on a real patient, all of the challenges that come with working in a real mouth, but also all the health contraindications or things to be concerned about in that regard, worrying about their blood pressure, worrying about different medications that they're on and any interactions between local anesthetic and the medications and the blood pressure or just worrying about their overall health and if you need to make referrals to physicians. These are all things you think about before you can even start your procedure that you're there to do as the dentist. But what's hard is that, as I say, as much as I struggle and have different challenges, you're so limited in clinic with your ability to improve. And I say that because you can't practice. You can go back in lab and practice, but it's not even close to what it's like on a real person. It is and it isn't. Like I know exactly what I need to do to do a good prep, it's just hard to actually do it sometimes. So I learned what I need to do on a type of but it's hard to learn how to do it in a real mouth with all these other influences coming in. And the problem is that you don't have practice because you can only do the work that your specific patient pool needs. So they might not have enough class twos for you to practice class twos or class threes or class fours or crown preps or bridge preps or patients needing complete dentures, like whatever it is, you're limited by your patient pool. And even then, you just get the one tooth. If you have five class twos and that's all you have, all of D3, well, you better make the most of those five because you're not going to get any more practice. The rest of D3 is just based on whatever you have. It's not like you can go into lab and bust out five class twos in one night and then come back the next day and do three and then you've got it because you don't have that opportunity. All you have is what you're given. So you got to try to make the most of it and really learn and ask questions and really focus on what you're doing. But at the end of the day, it takes a lot longer to get the reps that you want when you're working on real patients because you need real patients. It seems kind of obvious, but it's something I didn't think about because I was able to improve quicker in SimLab than I am now in clinic because I'm so limited on my practice, unfortunately. But I know as time goes on, I'm going to get more patients and get busier, hopefully, and get more practice, especially once we go on external rotation as fourth years. But for now, I'm very limited in the ability to practice. So hopefully that improves. But that's something that I wanted to point out and that I never thought about until now being in clinic. Okay, finishing off the episode with a fun comparison, and that is the free time, the extracurriculars, D1 versus D3. I think in general, you definitely hear that D1 and even D2, depending what program you're in, honestly, ours, I think D2 is harder than D1 academically. But you hear those first two didactic years, you don't have any free time because you're balancing, practicing in the lab, and also doing your classes and studying. And then third and fourth year, you have patience and you have less hard classes, I would say that's not super true in the sense that third year now, we still had pretty hard classes this semester and we're still studying a good bit, but I do feel like I have a lot more free time and I'm studying a lot less compared to 
first and second year, but it's not like I'm not studying at all. I definitely still have busy work. And when midterms and finals come around, we had like five midterms. We had six finals. So it's not like we don't have things to do. It's not like we just do clinic and then go home. It's not like a full-time job yet in that regard where you show up and then come home and have nothing to think about because you also have all the stresses of managing your patient pool. And as I said in other episodes, that is a big headache in and of itself. So that's something to keep in mind that it's not all sunshines and rainbows third and fourth year, but it's different and you're not studying in the books as much other than I guess boards and then midterms and final season. I feel like the exams come around less frequently, at least in our program. It's really just midterms and finals instead of those like accelerated classes where you have exams every couple weeks. Hasn't really been (laughs) the vibe for third year. And then fourth year, I know that we get less classes, less exams. So we're getting there, thankfully. But that's kind of how it looks for free time. And I feel like it's important to get involved first year and not wait because a lot of the different like leadership timelines that I notice in organizations it's a lot easier to have a leadership position for a second third year than it is fourth year so if you wait till third year it might be harder to get a leadership position or you won't be able to go for like the highest up ones if you're interested in that you really want to start early getting involved in organizations running for like a smaller position that's less time consuming That way you have the ability to fit it in with all your activities or if you're someone like me that's going to prioritize the organization over certain other things maybe going on and you enjoy it and you think it's fun despite a busy schedule, I definitely encourage you to get involved early because it's going to give you more opportunities later. But I would also say know yourself and know what you can handle because you don't want to put too much on your plate. And don't just not put things on your plate out of fear. Be really honest with yourself about what you're actually interested in and why doing an organization or not doing an organization makes sense for your goals. Because for me, all the things I'm involved in, I think really are going to help me in my future career, my future goals. So that's one of the many different reasons why I do all the student orgs or have done all the different orgs, why I do the podcast. There's many different things that I get out of it as an individual, but it also allows me to put something back into the community, back into the school, whatever it may be that I also find rewarding. So just make sure you have a why for why you're doing things and don't let yourself be held back just assuming that dental school is so crazy and so busy because you can make time for anything if you want to. You just have to be dedicated to your schedule and making time for yourself and really focusing on that time, making time for the activity, really focusing on that time and making time for school and really focusing on that thing. And I think that's really everything for this week's episode. I hope you all enjoyed it. Again, please be sure to give the podcast a nice review this week. It means a lot to me. I didn't mention it, but our Spotify wrapped came out and the podcast is doing so well. We were top 5% most shared and top 5% most followed on Spotify globally in 2022, which is so cool. So thank you all so much for the support and I cannot wait to see what we accomplish in 2023. I will talk to you all next week.